What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. But I also want to make sure that you're not just sitting at home, never doing anything for 10 years. Because I don't, you know, I think there needs to be a balance. Hello, and welcome to Planantial's podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP which stands for a certified financial planner for any of our new listeners. And this is, uh, we are now in our 2021 season, which is really exciting. And I am very excited to have a follow-up with our former guest, Jackie. And Jackie, your episode aired, your episode number 62. And I believe we actually recorded it at the very end of 2019. Yes. Yep. So Uh over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and that entire year was a crazy year. I mean, it's still a bit crazy. Uh, but then not that long after we talked, we went into a global pandemic. Yeah, so it's great, right? It's like really a sandwich kind of a combo. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I think one of the, um, you call it the infamous 401k loan. So that was one thing we had talked about on uh, when you first came on the podcast. So fill our listeners in, um, I'm assuming you're still at the same job, same area, but why don't you give everybody an update? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I'm so fortunate to, to be on with you again. I love this podcast. And I love everything you do. So I just want to say that you inspired me to really get into finances and budgeting and all of that. And I'm actually looking into becoming a CFP. So, Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. We need more women to do this. Yes. So I want to say, first of all, thank you for that. Um, Second of all, I am still in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am still in the same condo. I am still at the same job. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, so, so you own your condo, which is great. And you work in financial services, right? So yes. We'll, yes. And then um, age and marital status, I think, just so we get a full summary for everyone listening. Absolutely. I am 29, so I am a year older. And <laughs> I hate how that happens. <laughs> and uh, I'm still single. Okay, perfect. Um, and so since we had you on last time, how has it gone with that 401k loan? Uh, I have actually just gotten rid of that 401k loan. Totally. 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 Oh, my 
gosh, congratulations. Thank you. It's it's really nice. I, I was putting it away, you know, quarterly by quarterly. So at the end of this month, it will be completely paid off. That is fantastic. Because you had a, quite a decent amount. You had, It started at 30000 Yep. Just a, just about 30000 Fantastic. So you paid off thirty a 30000 401k loan in like 13 months, basically. 14 months, maybe. Yes. <laughs> well, good job. That's fantastic. And what, what changes did you make in order to do that? Because that's, a, that's a, a big chunk of money to get paid off. Uh, I think 2020 was a year of saving for me. So I really was able to save basically my entire salary. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh so that really helped. And um, also, unfortunately, I had uh, some death, deaths in the family. So I oh, did no. get some inheritance money. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but, you, but you then took that money and you used it to help you uh, pay that off. Yep. Yep, yep. Fantastic. And then how's it going with the uh, condo? Condo is fantastic. Um, actually, I refinanced one time. So okay. I went down from three point. This is actually kind of funny, but I have more to say. So I went from a 3.25% 15-year fix to a 3.15% 15-year fix. Okay, so I basically went down... $60 a month, but it was entirely free. Um, like the refinance was entirely free. So it was basically just the rigmarole of the refinance. Okay. But just as a caveat, I'm actually preparing for a second refinance. And what one, what is that going to be for? That I decided, unfortunately, right after the first refinance that I actually want to do a 30 year. Oh, okay. And why, why are you thinking... Why are you thinking a 30-year? Because I, I normally recommend 30-year for first-time home buyers, especially just depending on your cash flow, just because it gives you that option to have a lower monthly payment and you can always pay more and get it paid off in 15 if should you be able to. So what what are you thinking with the 30-year? Exactly. Um, because okay. we're going to talk about you know my, my next plans with fire. So I just wanted more money. Okay, perfect. So yeah, so that's a perfect segue. So um, I love having people back on to follow up, especially people. It always makes me so happy that the podcast episode helped you and it made a difference. And then on top of that, it really inspired you to get more invested in the personal finance world. And you're now thinking about FIRE. So for our listeners, um, that is basically a movement where people um, hopefully I get it right. Fiercely independent, retire early. Is that Ooh, right? I like that. Um, I thought it was financial. Independent. Oh, it is financial. You're right. I was like, I wanted to say fiercely for some reason. Okay. Financially independent, retire early. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and it has a, it's like quite a movement. Like you can find it on social media. There's a lot of people that uh, will take you through their journey of achieving this. Um, and there are a couple, I feel like there's really two ways to do it from what I've researched and from what I've seen, but you did send me a lovely spreadsheet. And so why don't we kind of talk through what you're thinking? So you named it the optional, um, optional working plan. 
So yeah. your your goal is basically to get yourself to a point where working would be optional. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I like that idea other better than like a full retirement. And the reason why is because we don't know. It's, it, it's a long time for your money to work for you, right? So the goal for you, I think, is going to be 10 years out. So that would put you at 39. So if you were to completely stop working, essentially 39, almost 40, that's a long time for your money to work for you, right? Because it could be 50 you know, ideally 50 years, right? That gets you to 90, uh, maybe more. And there's a lot that can happen over 50 years, right? A tremendous amount that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So many things could change. So I love the idea where you get yourself to a point where you have that financial independence. So you're not having to make decisions based on a salary number, right? It gives you more freedom in your life in various aspects, right? You have a, you take back some control, which I think is the reason this movement is so attractive. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I just don't like stress. I mean, I don't think anyone likes stress. <laughs> uh, I don't either. <laughs> my main goal is to get to a point where, you know, I can work, I can do things on the side, but it just doesn't have to be like, that nine to five, like, oh, I don't want to go to work today. And like, you know, you have no choice. Yep, exactly. So then you take some control back in your life and you can say, you know, I don't need this salary so I could do freelance work or I could take a job where maybe there's less stress but less pay because I've, you know, diligently saved, you know, and and paid down debt and lowered my cost of living. So um, do you have your spreadsheet up? Do you have it? Okay, good. Um, so will you walk me through it? I just want to make sure I'm following it. Um, so on the right-hand side for all of our listeners, you have your uh, monthly expenses. So you have your mortgage, you have electric, real estate tax, home insurance, um, HOA fees, food, uh, emergency home maintenance. You have, and you're just saving for that in advance, right? Yep. Any sort of home maintenance. Perfect. I love that because when something goes wrong with a house or a condo, it's always very expensive. And then you have health, that's your health insurance, correct? Yep. And then Wi-Fi, cell phone, and then uh, taxes, capital gains tax. So one question, the food seems a little low. That's monthly for food? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It's about $30 a week. Okay, you're going to have to teach me that because I definitely can't. I, how, how is it $30 a week? Well... I'm actually doing Blue Apron right now, and Blue Apron is about, you know, 20, 20 bucks a week. So Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you always need a few extra things here and there. So that's me disciplining myself to get to $30 a week. Okay, well, that that is fantastic. I would say that's probably one of the lowest food budgets I've seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, but if it works for you, it works for you. So, okay, so then we have that, we have all your expenses, and then I just want to go through and we'll add those up while we talk about the rest of it. And then you have, oh, you have it added up over here on the left-hand side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay, so your monthly expenses come to just under $3,000, $2,840 a month. Yep. Perfect. And then you have it dropping down 
And is that that's after your mortgage is paid off? Exactly. Got it. Okay. So once you have your mortgage paid off, which right now your mortgage is, we'll just round it up to keep it easy, is about twelve hundred a month. Um, so once your mortgage is paid off, then you only need about seventeen hundred a month to live on. Yep. 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 Fantastic. So that's a, and then you own your your home, right? So that's huge. Yeah. So then your your goal is essentially to work for the next ten years, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then to save as much of that as possible. Yes. Okay. So then walk me through, I just want to make sure I'm understanding where we're going to end up in 10 years. It looks like you've add, you added it up here. I just want to make sure it's five years. Yeah. So walk, yeah, so walk me through, okay, so we know what your expenses are going to be for the next uh, 48 months, right? Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you plan on having the mortgage paid off. Yes. And then that way we have a really low cost of living. So that gives you a lot a lot more control back in your life in terms of jobs that you're picking. So to pay off the mortgage and you have it down, how much you're going to need. So walk me through how, how you're going to do it. I just want to make sure I'm following everything correctly. So basically, like, you know, I have the total amount. It's around, you know, 675000 And then I divided that by 120 months, which is 10 years. Mm-hmm. So based on that calculation, I need about fifty six hundred a month somehow for all the hundred. Yes, yes, that's highlightable. So this is where I'm a little confused too. Okay. But my work buckets to help me get there are to work, obviously. Yeah. But I'm thinking to work at the current job I'm at for five more years. Okay. And then work somewhere else another five years okay and that's for 10 years and then I have my Roth IRA and I have my brokerage great and your brokerage just for everyone listening is a non-retirement account meaning that you're not subject to the under 59 and a half rules it's your money and that's what you're and that's why you're setting aside the capital gain tax exactly perfect yes okay and then the 401k isn't shown in here that I see. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Future Rich offers three online classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster? Well, you're in luck. We do. We have our Future Rich Signature course, our Student Loans course, and our brand new Social Security course. All of these classes can be found on our website at www.futurerichpodcast.com. So. On the Excel, my plan, this was my plan for 30 years okay. from 40 to 70. And then I was going to take out my 401k at that point. Perfect. Okay. So where, what's your 401k value now? And I like the way you're breaking it up. And this is how I normally recommend if you're looking at buyer to break it up, that you set up yourself to reach retirement, like that you separate it, right? I feel like everyone aggregates it when you read the articles. It's like, you need X amount today and then you're good forever. I like to do it differently just because, I, as I said, to have your money work for you for that long, I mean, we plan for retirements if someone's, you know, 65, you know, depending on their retire, 60, 65, 70, we plan somewhere between like 30 and 40 years currently, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have someone where I plan for a retirement and then, you know, at 80, 
85 or 90, they're still with us and doing well. And I'm like, well, I didn't plan for you to hit 90, right? So, because we have we have clients that are that old, um, primarily women. Women life expectancy life expectancy is longer for women. Um, so that's a you know a long time to plan for a traditional retirement, right? That's working your entire career, getting to the typical retirement age, and retiring at that point. You know, somewhere between late 50s, early 60s, all the way up to 70. You know, at 70, we don't, maybe we only plan for 25 years. So as we said, if you are doing the FIRE, I like to break it out. And so I like how you didn't include your 401k in here. And then that is not going to be touched or used until the traditional retirement age. So we're just planning from now until your traditional retirement age. Yes, exactly. So what? let's just check off the retirement box. How much do you have in your 401k today? after getting the loan paid off and having another year of contributing? Yes. So I met my goal, which was a hundred. So it's actually been like skyrocketing. It's already at 109,000. That's fantastic. Okay. Wonderful. And so let's just do some quick math and it's going to be better than this, but just every, you know, for, and I use this example a lot because it's really simple math. But you can do, if you make 7.2% compounding interest, which isn't going to happen every year, but over the life of your investment, it should hopefully average that because I'm sure this past year did better than better than 7.2%. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> then that gets you to, let's see, that will get you to at 70 using that basic math example. About 1.7 million. Yeah. One yeah. to two, two to four, four to eight, eight to 1.6. I added in the extra 10,000, which ends up being another 100 down the road. So that way, and you're going to be contributing for the next five years because you'll stay with this employer. So you even have more money in there. So we've kind of just set up your retirement. So ideally, you still save a little bit for your retirement, but no matter what, if, as long as you don't touch it till you're 70, you can allow those monies to continue to grow and meet you when you reach that age. And then you have money for retirement. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So then, got it. <laughs> so now we go back to the fire, which is how do we get you out of the nine to five grind? You're committed to doing it for 10 years. And then when you hit 39, which will come way faster than you think by the by. I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be 37 this year. And I'm just like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> what happened? Um, so not, you know, it will go faster than you think. So you're going to do those 10 years. And then the target is wh- where the, that's what I want to ask you. Where's the target that you want to add in? I see what you need to save per month. Did you add up where you're targeting the Roth and the brokerage? Uh, I was just planning. Well, I was just planning to max out every year the Roth IRA. Currently, I have fifteen thousand five seventy in there, and then I did six thousand times ten to get seventy five. Oh, okay. So these are the target numbers. Okay, got it. And then your brokerage, perfect. Okay. So then your brokerage, you're going to be adding twenty five hundred to. So yet, yes, after ten years, you're expecting it with growth. It'll be three hundred thousand. Yes. Ballpark. Okay. So then that's ten years out in the future. So then you need the seven. So we're also not going to touch ideally the Roth until retirement either. So you would just be living off the brokerage. Oh, I thought I was planning to take out the Roth IRA 
during the 40 to 70 because the Roth conversion ladder allows you to take it out without penalty, I thought. <laughs> mm, so you're going to be under 59 and a half, though. Yeah. So a better yeah. idea, which is this is why we're talking, better idea would be to maybe not put it in from now over the next 10 years, maybe not to use the Roth IRA and to just use the brokerage non-retirement. Okay. And the reason why is because let's just say in 10 years, then you take a lower paying job because we're anticipating, and you might actually cap out based on income. We're anticipating your salary is going to be somewhere between 120 and 180. Is that correct? So, yeah, this is very confusing. So the 120 is actually, that's not the salary. So basically what it's showing is my current salary right now, which is $100,000. It's if I keep that salary for five years. Got it. So I basically can save $2,000 times 12 times five. Okay. So- we might run if you if your salary increases. You could run into the the problem of making too much money to contribute mm-hmm. to the Roth. Let's see what the income limits are going to be for twenty twenty one here. So right now you're below it, um, but if you continue to grow over the next ten years with your your income, you might actually get capped out of it. Uh, right now you start to phase out of it, you have to be under 139,000 modified adjusted gross income. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. If with the Roth, you then there, and there are ways around, around it. I, I, I'd have to look into it. I, there is this function called the 72 T, but here's what I'm thinking to keep it simpler. I think you should focus predominantly on the 401k and the brokerage account. And here's my logic for why the 401k is going to be your vessel for retirement, right? Yes. That's And then your brokerage, your non-retirement monies are going to be your monies to get you to the fire, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have two focuses. One is your future retirement, so your future self, and one is your kind of 30 self when you hit your 30s, <laughs> which is much closer. So once you get there in theory, so let's just fast forward and say you're now, we're now talking in your 39, which God makes me closer to 50, which is horrifying. So then let's say the brokerage account is, we'll just add those Roth monies back in. So now it's like 470 or 375,000. We'll just round up and use round numbers for math purposes. So if it's 400,000, you have saved. Then now you're going to be in theory, my assumption is you would be living off of the money that your $400,000 account would be making, right? Yep. So let's just say that's going to generate about 20,000 a year, probably a little bit more, but stick with that number for now uh, because that then will get you 1600 which so we're not far off from your monthly budget right you just have to let's say you have a side hustle at that point and you're making another 500 a month on your own doing consulting or something right so then you're meeting your budget needs right and you're pulling money from your investments that you saved at that point your income will be so low right in in, your, in this scenario because you've quit your high paying job to do something else where you're just making extra money to help support your monthly budget, which is really low, and you're living predominantly off investment income. Mm -hmm. At that point, you could take the 401k and incrementally start moving it over from the pre-tax one, which is the one you're currently using, to Roth. And it's 
you know, fancy footwork, I always recommend you talk to a financial advisor or an accountant before you do anything like this. But the concept of it from like an educational standpoint is essentially you're taking pre-tax dollars, moving them into Roth, and you're paying the government when you make that transaction. So let's just say at that point, you're, where are we? Almost 40. So then right then at that point, we'll just assume the 401k is approximately 220,000 with the growth that we've you know, made up or predicted. So let's just say then you take 15,000 from, we'll call this now a traditional IRA. You've made it a traditional IRA. You take 15,000 and you move it from the traditional IRA into, which you have into the Roth IRA. At that time, you pay the government on the $15,000 you moved and you pay ordinary income tax on that transaction, which is the same type of tax that you pay on wages. But because in this scenario, you have now quit your job, right? And you're just doing like a consult, we'll just say you're doing a consulting business and you're making, I don't know, $10,000 a year. Then they add that 15,000 on top of the 10,000 you made and your income is 25,000. So your tax on 25,000 is gonna be a lot less than tax on your salary of 100,000 if you were to do that. Okay. Right? Because they would add that 15,000 on top of your $100,000 salary and you would pay tax on that 15,000 wherever you fall in the bracket with your ordinary income. Right. right. So okay. we can get the Roth, right? We can get monies into the Roth, but I think the time to get monies into the Roth is when you're in this period of your life where you're not working the 9 to 5 with a really high income job where you're in a lower income bracket. Okay, that makes sense. Does that make sense? It's a it's a I normally like to draw out this concept because it's a lot of moving pieces, but the concept is essentially I want you to pay the government taxes when you're in your lowest bracket so that you pay the least amount. No, that mean that makes that makes a total amount of sense for sure. Um yeah. If you don't have like a as high of a salary, you know, you won't have, be in as high of a tax bracket. Exactly. So since we're, you know, since we're working towards fire for you and we know you're going to be we, like, the goal is to put you in a lower bracket in 10 years. Like that's the plan. So this makes perfect sense to not, to, to lower your taxable income while you're trying to save the most amount of money. Right. So right now, you want to be efficient also over the next 10 years and pay, you know, reduce your taxable income as much as possible so that you can save more. Because then we have this window of opportunity when you get there that you're going to be in a low bracket from 40 to 50 or whatever you decide at that point, right? Well, you, the thing with personal finance is you need to continue to reevaluate, right? Because things change and laws change and everything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think the focus be on your non-retirement assets because those are the monies you can live on, you know, that can supplement your income when you do do the fire. And then you can still achieve the objective of getting money into the Roth, but you're doing it, you're kind of like doing it in two steps rather than directly contributing to the Roth when you're trying to get your mortgage paid off and retire, you know, semi-retire early, do it later when you're in a lower bracket and you have a bunch of money in your 401k at that point. Sure. Yeah. So the only thing is that <laughs> from last time, so I think I've been splitting at 50-50 my 401k Roth and traditional. So would you suggest for the next 10 years just put everything into traditional now? 
yeah, I love Roth, right? And getting that money in there young is so important. But if we know you're going to be in this low bracket in 10 years and we can take advantage of a tax savings now and then get another tax savings in 10 years, I think that's a better way to go because I think it'll help you get your mortgage paid off and get you to this fire number faster. Yeah, that sounds, sounds fantastic. <laughs> Just because as you know, with the 401k, if you do the pre-tax and you put in a thousand dollars, you're really just ballpark only missing 700 from your paycheck. And then we'll go and convert that thousand dollars where you got a tax break at 30. And then at 39, we're going to go and switch it over to Roth. And and when we do that, we're going to pay only, let's say 15% tax where today you're paying probably 20% tax. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. And so anyone who's listening, all of this depends on your situation, right? So since we're targeting that you, you know, maybe you get, maybe you become a CFP and then for the next 10 years you work on, you know, establishing your own practice, which takes forever to to get up and running. It takes, (laughs) not forever, it takes like three years, but you don't really make any money for three years, right? You're just going to be in a much lower income situation. And so if we know that going forward, then we know we have more control over what we're doing today. So then leveraging the pre-tax, allowing you to put way more money in your 401k because you're not paying as much in tax. And then we know we're going to have this period of time, which we're planning for the period of time where you're going to have low income. Then we can start converting the monies that are pre-tax in the 401k into the Roth section. And because you have it in your 401k, you probably don't even need to establish an IRA. You can just move it within the 401k structure. Gotcha. So would you recommend for the next... I, I, have, wait, I have a few questions. I don't know. Yeah, go for okay. it. Um, so I totally like agree with you, like keeping everything traditional for the next 10 years. But would you recommend that I don't put anything into like my IRA? Like I have a traditional IRA and I have a Roth IRA. Would you just recommend I don't put anything in there for the next 10 years and just contribute to my traditional 401k? So here's what I would do. I would do the traditional IRA, I would, or tra- sorry, the traditional 401k, make that your priority mm-hmm. along with your non-retirement brokerage. Okay. You're very good at budgeting. You're not, everyone is, that is as much of a strength. This is definitely one of your strengths. If at the end of the year you say, I have extra cash and I've checked off all my boxes and I'm happy with where everything is and I have 5,000 to put into my Roth IRA, do it. Okay. So I'm not saying not do it, but I just want to make it, it, you're working towards a lot of goals, right? We're putting a lot of money in the 401k. We're doing the non-retirement brokerage account. We're paying off a mortgage all in a 10-year time frame. So it might be possible where you feel stretched because I know that one of the other questions was how to incorporate travel. Yeah, yeah I wasn't exactly uh, budgeting too much for entertainment or travel, so... So also, you're never going to get these years of your life back, right? So you're 29. This is a, you know, my early 30s were awesome. So I don't want you to put, sacrifice your entire, you know, personal life to hit these financial goals, right? Mm -hmm. The future is not promised to us. So if you have money left over, I also think taking a vacation would be a good use of your money. 
<laughs> yes, I love. No, I do. I I'm a very big vacation girl, so <laughs> I don't I don't disagree. <laughs> so I I like the Roth. You already have Roth monies going for you. They're already working. We can convert the 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 traditional aspect of your four hundred one k down the road when you're in a lower income bracket, and we're planning on that, which is the key. So if you have some extra money at the end of the year, something happens, I don't know, you get a bonus you didn't expect, you have more cash in the bank, you already took your vacation and you're like, oh, I can put 3000 towards my Roth IRA. That's fine. Totally do it. But I also want to make sure that you're not just sitting at home, never doing anything for 10 years. Because I don't, you know, I think there needs to be a balance. For sure. For sure. No, I mean, realistically, like, <laughs> to- like I'm on that, I'm on that mindset. So I, I agree with you. So yeah, so the focus should be your four, your traditional 401k at work and the brokerage account because the brokerage account is going to give you, um, we're going to spend that to allow you to do the FIRE. So those should be your two focuses. And then from there, I would, you know, depending on how it's going with your budgeting, everything, I definitely think you should enjoy yourself and take a vacation. And if there's anything left over, there's nothing wrong with dumping that extra into the Roth IRA. Sounds awesome. So for the traditional 401k, do you do you advise that I max it out? Well, we already have 100000 in it, which is fantastic. So I would just switch your contribution because this budget is based on you already contributing to the 401k, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I would just switch your, your contribution so that it's not Roth and it's traditional now. And then that will give you more money back into your budget. Okay. So should <laughs> but so so with that budgeting, like, is it... Like, cause I, I was thinking about changing it to 6% cause that's like the employer match. Okay. So then that way you would do 6% and your company does 6% and your salary is a hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're putting 12,000 a year, right? Into the 401k. I actually, the way my company works, you have to put 6% in, but they just match 3%. Got it. It's 50% up to 6%. Okay. So that's nine. It'll be 9,000 a year going in times mm-hmm. 10 years is another 90,000. What I would do is I would switch from the Roth to the no. traditional aspect, and then I would bump it up 1% because then you're putting in 10,000 a year. Okay. 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 Does that sound good? And so then ideally over the next 10 years, you're going to be adding 100,000 right? Mm-hmm. You know, give or take, depending on what the new, you know, you might switch jobs after five. That was the, the plan, but we'll just assume we're going to be putting in the same amount of money. So then you're, it, let's say, just say then at that point in 10 years, it's worth 250, right? It grows, which we would hope it would grow. So, and then you're almost 40, then it's 250, then at 50, it's 500. Then at 60, it's a million. And then at 70, it's two. Mm-hmm. And then we can convert while you're in a low income bracket. Exactly. Because there's no perfect solution. People say like you should do everything in to Roth. And I love the Roth and that works for some people. But if you're in a high income bracket and you have other goals, it's not always that straightforward just to put everything in the Roth. So I think your better bet is to have the brokerage account, get the mortgage paid off, have traditional monies, and then have Roth monies. And you're going to hit all of those. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully take a vacation. Don't worry. Don't worry. I will. I will. (laughs) Can I ask you um, another question? Yes, of course. 
Okay. So what I kind of mentioned at the beginning was I was considering another refinance. Right. Yes, you're right. So I just wanted to know, maybe from just a high level, because it could get super complicated. Do you think overall, because, you know, that's going to change my expenses for the whole 30 years. Do you think that's a more advisable thing? Because, I mean, I was planning to put a lot of principal toward it and like try to pay it off basically in the same 15 years. Yeah, I'm on the fence about whether or not you need to because you have a really low rate and the rate isn't going to be any lower for the 30 year, is it? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I Sorry, I forgot to tell you. Um, so I have two uh, offers I was looking at. I have a 2.5% and I have a 2.75%. The 2.5% though is around $5,000 in fees well, the 2.75% I have is 1,800 in fees. Wow, that's even cheaper. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, So the 2.5 will get me down five, like it will save me $500 a month from the mortgage I have right now. And the break even is seven months. Wow. Okay. So here's the thing, but you're, you are trying to pay it off in 48 months, right? I would like, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know if I can, you know, if if my expenses are still low, I mean, I have more time to pay it off and I could contribute that to my brokerage. I don't know. Yeah, I, here's what I would do. What would the payment be with the 30 year? So it's going to be like 500 something a month? About 620. I would do it because I always like optionality, right? Which is why I like the idea that you're going to be in a low income bracket at some point in the future. Because then we have the option to then convert the, the 401k monies that are pre-tax to post-tax, right? I like optionality because we don't know what the future holds. So if you do that, you could decide to put more money into your brokerage account, right? Yep. And maybe if you have a great year in the brokerage account, like 2020, and the investments go up 15%, which is not what you planned on, you take extra money at that point and make a principal payment. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I like having all the different buckets of money because then you're not beholden to one and needing one for everything. So I like having all of these options. So you have a low mortgage payment. So you're focusing on saving in non-retirement. You're doing a great job saving in your retirement aspects. We're taking advantage of tax savings. And then you could just look at everything and say, okay, well, this year wasn't a great year for the market. You know, I'm not going to make a principal payment this year. I'm just going to take that difference and keep it in the market versus we have a year that's up and you say, okay, the brokerage account did really well and I have extra monies in there. I'm going to take some and make a principal payment. Yeah, I really like that. Because you might say then with your monthly expenses, depending on what happens over the next 10 years with savings and everything, maybe you then save more and the brokerage is now 500000 versus 400000 right? And you keep the mortgage because you're making more in the market in the brokerage account that it covers the $620 payment in addition to the other budget. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So here we go. Refinance number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't always like doing them because you can just kind of lower the interest rate by making the payment. But I think given your age... And the old, you know, the other goals that you have, I think that makes the most sense to give yourself the most control over your expenses. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, because then that gets you to then then if you have end up with five hundred thousand in the brokerage account over the next ten years, and that's paying, we'll just say you're pulling five percent off of it. That's twenty five thousand a year, which is about two thousand a month, and that's you know, you're after having paid off the mortgage with the current numbers you need at 17. But if your mortgage is only 620, we have everything else added into that number, then you're really basically like two to 300 short a month if you kept the mortgage. Gotcha. And that's not a lot of money to make over a month if you have to make 200 bucks or $300. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yep. I love the optionality. So yeah, that sounds good to me. Well, we'll definitely have to check in with you again and see how it's going with the fire. I, I don't, we haven't had too many fire people on. We did have an episode um, with a, a doctor and her husband is a lawyer and they, they did it and they, and she was like really candid with all of her numbers and how they did it. And they still work because with their profession, um, you know, she can work a few hours a week and, you know, not be in the nine to five so they can travel and everything. So she had a really interesting story. And I really like the concept of you'll probably go and do something, but then you're not beholden to, as you said, the nine to five grind. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll have to go back and re-listen to, to that podcast too. Yeah, it was really, it was pretty incredible. Like they had all their numbers. They, you know, they, they saved a lot. They stayed in the same house because it made the most sense, you know, and then they eventually, I think, sold that house. Uh, she was in Salt Lake City and then they sold and I think they moved to Vegas, um, but just really diligent about their expenses. And their one thing was with vacations, they just liked camping and rock climbing and they just were like pretty frugal with you know, all areas of their money so that they could get to this lifestyle where they didn't have to have those nine to five jobs, which was their goal. Oh, exactly. Yes. I feel like a lot, like a lot is constantly changing. So, you know, it is hard, but <laughs> it's good to have a plan. <laughs> it's good to have a plan. And once you put the plan in place, then from there, all you have to do is just constantly, you know, not constantly, but like, I would say at least once a year, just review the plan, see what's changed, anything in your life has changed. And then you just reevaluate and tweak it. Exactly. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great follow-up. Um, and for all of my lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram. That's the best place at the Future Rich Podcast. We changed our name. And you can check out our online classes at www.financial.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.